Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. I'm off to Africa this week, uh, representing us, getting us some time, and... Uh, <laughs> Because we're planting in Africa, we're planting global churches, we are global. That word is prophetic, it's not just a name for a church, we are global. And um, you are church planters, you're not going to be church planters, you are church planters because you're part of church. And this is what normal churches do. When you read the Bible, all the churches in the New Testament were church planters. They were never, you come to my church, well I go to this church and everybody comes, we're the in crowd, you're the out crowd and you come and visit us. That was never Never the case with the early church. They were always reaching out and, and, and becoming part of people's world. And while the part of that people's world there, the, the, the community became a church. It was already a community, but it just became a church because they gave their life to Jesus because they saw the difference of the lifestyle of the Christians. And we're going through the book, or the letter, I should say, to the Philippians. And uh, it was the first church plant that Paul started. And this is, is, this is my first church plant. I've planted other churches for other people, but this global is my first church plant. And we must never, we must never lose connection with the, the apostle or the apostolic connection, the person who set it up and laid the foundation. Um, and, and because we come undone that way, people come with new ideas or this, that, and the other. And, and, and you know if you're called into global because you stay. People leave for all sorts of reasons, good reasons, not just bad reasons, because life's dynamic, it's not concrete. Um, but you know, when you make church number one, you say, no, Jesus is number one. You say, forget that kind of thinking, you're silly. You can't have Jesus without the church. We've separated them. It's like saying, I've got tails on my coin, but no heads. Everyone say, you're a, loop, you're a fruit loop, yeah? And so, you can't have one without the other. And, and, and so... Jesus is number one, but with Jesus comes church. You can't, you can't not have church. Even in the old creation, God said in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. And that wasn't a wedding idea. That was just God knows that we need other human beings. Someone like yourself. Yeah? Eve was like Adam, slightly different. A few more curves. God is a genius, isn't he? Absolute genius. It's like, how do you think of that? You know, Adam and Eve I'm talking about. Nothing to do with curves now. I'm thinking community. Where were your brains going? Filth, sheer filth on a Sunday morning. Sheer filth. I just want to rattle through, before we get into Philippians, I want to rattle through some scriptures so that you get the mind and the heart of God Almighty. Yeah? When you read his word, that's, that, if you think, what does God think about this? That's why we read the Bible, not to be goody-goodies. People say the Bible's boring. That's because you're not filled with the Spirit. Because right. yeah. when you're filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit uh, inspired the scriptures. So when you read them, the Holy Spirit's on the inside. The Holy Spirit's going, that's amazing. You think, oh yeah, that's amazing. And all of a sudden, the, the, the Bible comes alive to you. One Bible translator, J.B. Phillips, he said, when I was translating the, the, the New Testament from the original Greek into English, he said it was like rewiring a house with the electric switched on. It wasn't boring for him. Slightly dangerous, <laughs> but it weren't boring. Let's rattle through some scriptures, because I, 
global was started with the gospel. We are preachers of the gospel, our sharers of the gospel. Yeah, The gospel is everything. It's your foundation. Without the gospel, we're nothing. We're lost. We're hopeless. And so let's see how, 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 how God sees it. Because when you get the writings of Paul, writing to his churches, he needs wisdom from God, and God's given him the wisdom to put it all together. Are we ready? Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Stop there. Who's ever been ashamed? Who's ever come to church and seen a friend in church? You think, oh no, jeepers. What are you doing? I work it. Do you know? No, I'm, I'm caretaker. <laughs> but I am. I, you get to a point where you, when the penny drops for you, you realize the gospel is everything. It's not a tag on at the end of your life. Forgot to like put a cherry on top of your life because your life's really great and jazzy and the gospel's just something else. No, no, no. It's the other way around. If you get an holiday in the sun, that's the cherry on the cake, yeah? But if you don't, you're still happy. Why? Because your happiness is not dependent on a holiday in Lorette de Mar. In, in a nice place, I should say. Yeah. It's about your relationship with God. Yeah. Okay. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. Yeah. Not the intellect of God. Not an intellectual exercise, but the power of God. You can't understand power, you just have to appreciate it. Yeah? yeah. It is the power of God that brings salvation to who? Who to? What, even gay people? Well, I hope so. <laughs> to everyone, even perverts. Why am I shouting? Because <laughs> I'm trying to get it into you because we've made Christianity to be, to, to be some middle class exercise for only people that have got their act together. Right. Question. Have you got your together today? <laughs> that were a nervous laugh. <laughs> Because when I first became a Christian, the question I was always asked when I, I said, anybody can believe and be saved. People polarize and go to the extreme. Oh, well, what about Adolf Hitler? And I go, yeah. And they're going, no, no, he, well, he couldn't because of all the atrocities that he did. I'm just saying, but that doesn't say that. It just says, for everyone who believes. Now, let's just say Adolf Hitler topped himself because we think he did, but let's just say he did, right? I wonder if he said a prayer just before he topped himself and said, you know what, I got it all wrong. It's really about you. It's not about me. But I don't want to go through all this, that, and the other. I'll see you in a minute. Bang. Yeah? Do you think Adolf Hitler will get to heaven? I do. Do you think he deserves it? So now then, what about yourself? Well, clearly you're not as bad as Adolf Hitler. <laughs> right? So you've got, your, you've got your life together to some extent. And you know them that haven't. And you help them. Graciously, that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> let, me, let me help you. So, but you see, the problem is is self-righteousness. Yeah. Unrighteousness, like Adolf Hitler or a pervert, unrighteousness God can deal with. Yeah. It's the self-righteousness. Yeah. There's the most difficult the most difficult people to lead to Christ, faith in Christ are people that have done right all their life, tried to do good. Because they think that they deserve it and they're good enough, and they're not. There's an old hymn that says there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. You see, nobody is righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. Only Jesus. So, you know, when I were at school, when? I left at 13, unofficially. 
<laughs> came in for my exams and I got kicked out for that. What? Anyway, it's no wonder. It's no wonder I left school with no qualifications. Yes. You see where I come from, that is a, like a mark of respect. For a lot of people in church, probably it's like, um, and, and Jennifer, she plays the violin and um, <laughs> she's got straight A's. And that's what Christianity has become. And it's got nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. That's why God's raised me up. A Dumbo. <laughs> so that I can say anyone and everyone is welcome in. And unless you get this, you will always think yourself better than somebody else. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I look at some people's lives and I think I wouldn't want it. It's terrible. People bring pain on themselves. Have you ever watched it? I'm thinking, surely to do the right thing would be a lot easier. <laughs> I've just dodged a tax man. <laughs> You know, and it's like, it'd just be so much easier to pay your tax and put your head on your pillow and relax. But, you know, people are like this, aren't they? Always on knockoff. But we don't have to be like that. The gospel is for everyone. Absolutely everyone. Nobody excluded. I'm going to go even worse now than Adolf Hitler. Pedophiles. Well, they cannot go to whoever believes in Jesus can be forgiven. I had a paedophile come to one of my meetings when I was an evangelist and uh, he came to the meeting and he, he told me, he said, I've just got out of prison. He was up front with everything. Can I come to your meeting? He says, I can't believe you've become a Christian. Check you get. <laughs> I can't believe you've become a Christian. And I won't mention his name, but I said, I said, yeah, you can. He says, Dave, if it compromises you, I won't come. I said, why don't you sit with some of my guys? And I said, and then that, that way, you feel comfortable, I feel comfortable, and people are safe. And I felt bad saying that, but, you know, we had to put something in, and he, and, and he sat in. And I just thought, he's blown it in this world, in this life. He's really blown it. Wherever he goes, he'll have to register, whatever, whatever they have to do. But, um, but in heaven, he'll be there, and he'll be forgiven. And he doesn't deserve it, but neither do you. And neither do I. And some of our sins look good. Who's ever slept around? That's cool. Who's ever got drunk? That's wild and party-ish. No, that is disgusting to God. Disgusting to God. But we have, we grade sin, don't we? I think you get it. Are you getting me? I don't want to hang around here because I've got some good news this morning. <laughs> We're only on first verse. And I've gone down to, anyway, here we go. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When you start to get the gospel, it's good news, but we want to keep it to ourselves because they don't deserve it and they don't deserve it, but we do. That's what the Pharisees were like, the teachers of the law in the Old Testament and in Jesus' time. They were the spiritual police. They were the Ofsted. That's a new word. I thought this, it came to me this week. I thought, who are they? They are the Ofsted of the education world. Oh. Anyone work for Ofsted? Repent. Honestly, you can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. Honestly. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Who believes? Not who's educated, or who's talented, or good-looking. Now, I represent all three of those categories. But, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. God is the God of the Jews, first and foremost. And, uh, but because they rejected, the gospel came to us, the Gentiles, people who, weren't, who were not Jewish. Now, some of you might say, but I've got a big nose and I'm confused now. Do you think I could be a Jew? Don't worry about it. Just believe in Jesus. Number two. <laughs> Next scripture. 
John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That whoever believes, whoever, whoever. Can, we, can you see how open? The God, it's for everybody. We are all welcome. Should not perish, but have eternal life. And by the way, eternal life starts now, not at a funeral. It starts now. You receive heaven into your life now. One teaspoonful of heaven going into your heart will transform your life. It will. Then the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. The one person that could condemn everybody didn't come to condemn. That is beautiful. And the church for years and years and years has condemned people. And they've spoken out about this, that and the other. And you're like... Why don't you just relax a little bit? Because it's like playing the game of TIG in the playground. Once you've been TIG, then you put your hand on wall and you can't move then until somebody who hasn't been TIG can run under and set you free. The whole world has been TIG by sin. We've all got our arm uh, metaphorically on the wall. We can't free ourselves. Jesus, the only human being who has never been TIGged or tagged or tugged by sin, <laughs> at the cross went under everybody's arm and said, you are free. He's declared freedom for every human being. But, but not every human being will receive that freedom. It's like winning the lottery. You've got to have a ticket. Yeah. Jesus is the ticket. Yeah. You've got to believe in him. If you believe in him, you're free. And you don't deserve it. I want to go, la, 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 la. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. I do, because we don't deserve it. We should now have a party and drink loads of booze and have loads of good food and just say, yes, I'm in. I'm in. Well, anyway, I just... <laughs> I'm not advocating getting drunk, but you know, have a party, enjoy yeah, the fact that we're in. Yeah. And we don't deserve it. When you understand the gospel, the magnitude of what's happened to you, when you put your hand up just at the end of a service, which we do at the end of every service, Jesus, I want in. I don't fully understand it, but I want in. Yeah. It's for them that believe, not them that understand it fully. Not them that are academic, not them that... It's just believe we can all believe. You've all sat on your chair today. You didn't test it. You didn't ring the company up to say, well, it's take my weight. I am 85.3 kilos. You didn't do any of that. You trusted that it would support you. God chose something that we can all do. We can't all climb mountains. We can't all do this, that, and the other. But what we can do is believe. He didn't come into the world to condemn us. John chapter 8, verse, uh, verses 7 to 11. A woman has been caught in the act of adultery. So they didn't hear about it, they saw it. My question is, what were these religious people doing around somebody's bedroom? <laughs> She's been caught in the act of adultery. Oh, honestly, I wish I'd have been there. Before you say anything, Jesus, you're, you're going to be absolutely a spot on. We know that, Jesus. Can I just have a little word, you perverts? What were you lot doing <laughs> on a Saturday night? Anyway, sorry, moving on. He says, when they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Jesus, I should put it the other way, Clint Eastwood is like Jesus. They're honoring him, honoring all these religious leaders, and he doesn't say a dicky bird. When they kept on questioning him, you know, the smoke goes up now, he's lit his cigar. He straightened up. You think, oh. It's about to go down. You know, just, oh. he said, and then he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Next verse. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. 
How cool's that? I wish I could think of them kind of things. You know, I mean, Biltmore and somebody asked, how do you, how do you find faith? <laughs> at this point, the word began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, they had more wisdom until uh, only Jesus was left. Until only Jesus was left with the woman. The picture of Judgment Day, but you and him on Judgment Day. One question he said, did you believe in me? Jesus, you know I did. I know, I was just asking. Come on in, right in the ground. When I go up, he'll say, who are you? And I'll say, don't, don't, don't play with me. Don't play with me. You know who I am. <laughs> just him and the woman standing there. Imagine what she feels like. Okay, move on. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Then neither do I condemn you. Have you experienced that where you are guilty and you've got regrets and you're reading the Bible or you've heard a message uh, you know, from a preacher and you're just like, do you know what? It's dawned on me. You don't condemn me. I'm free. Some of you, maybe, you know, maybe you've struggled this week with some thoughts, some actions that you've done. You Maybe you've given somebody the finger this week, or are you back-chatted to somebody, uh, or, or whatever, you've been into porn, I'm only using, you've been drunk, I'm only using things that are just, like, ev these are everyday real issues, I know in church people go, well, I think that's disgusting, I know, but many people suffer from it, so it's just real, and then you come to church and you feel second-rate, you feel horrible, you feel terrible, neither do I condemn you, but I lost it with my wife, neither do I condemn you, but I've been flirting, neither do I condemn you. I smacked my, my son. I know it's illegal, but I don't care about that kind of stuff. I smacked my son, and, but really it wasn't his fault. It was somebody that had wound me up at work, and I took it out on him, and I shouldn't have, and I feel so bad. Neither do I condemn you. And if he doesn't condemn you, nobody else can. Well, they might do. It doesn't really matter. What really matters is what he thinks. So, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Here it is. Go now and leave your life of sin. He's empowering the woman. You don't have to live like this. You can change. You don't have to live like this. And, and when you get the gospel, you start to line up your life with what the Bible says. And so I had a lot of changing to do as a young kid, 19-year-old. But I lined my life up with the Bible. And I don't care whether you're gay, you're straight, you're this, you're fluid, or, or, or you know, whatever you, you, you are, you've gone through. I'm not interested. What I, or a feminist or a male chauvinist pig, it doesn't matter. You give your life to Jesus Christ, all things change. Can we go on to just one, one, one or two more scriptures? Luke chapter 19, verses 9 to 10. A bad man, Zacchaeus, tax collector, the equivalent of a drug dealer. He messed people's lives up, took the money. Communities were devastated by him. And uh, Jesus went to his house for some lunch. And Jesus went looking for him. And he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house. Zacchaeus, he called him by name. He calls you and me, even this morning, by name. He knows you. The Bible says the very hairs on your head, he knows. Well, that's not difficult for some of us, is it? I have to be a mathematician to catch some of our... Anyway, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. In other words, he was saying he's in. He was out, but now he's in. For the Son of Man came to seek, go looking for, and to save the lost. 
to seek and to save the lost. Global is a church that goes looking for people who don't know Jesus. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 13. And I'll finish this little section on this. We've got through the introduction. Everyone just just give me a round of applause just there. Because you know it's difficult. Okay, already. I wrote to you. So the, the Corinthian church was the most immoral church and yet the most spiritual church. It's crazy. They had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They could speak in new tongues, new languages that they never learned. They could see healings and they saw amazing miracles happening amongst them. And yet, they were just wild. In fact, they were so wild, they entertained the fact that one lad was sleeping with his stepmom. And when the, when the apostle Paul got hold of it, he's going, what? What planet are you lot on? And then he wrote this to them. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. This is really important for us to get. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world, leave that up. In that case, you'd have to... So what he's saying to the church is, have nothing to do with immoral people and people that are just like putting it around and don't give a toss. And he's saying, I don't mean the world. I mean people that behave like that in the church and encourage others to be like that. Can you see what I'm saying? Because the church is different. We are set apart. That's what holiness means. We're just set apart. Man United football players are set apart. Holy to Man United. Can you see what I'm saying? So holiness has nothing to do with stopping smoking and swearing and drinking. Holiness means you're set apart for a purpose. And so the church is set apart. We're not better. Some churches feel like they're set above other people. We're not. We're just set apart. We're walking a different path. That's all it is. Yeah? But we've got all of heaven helping us. No condemnation. How many dads in here have blown it as a dad? Don't put your hands up. But, but you know, who's, who, who's blown Of course we have. Isn't it brilliant that we serve a God who just says, you don't have to carry that around with you. Oh, yeah, but I really, I lost me. You don't have to carry it around with you. Give it me. Oh, it's too easy. No, no, no. Give it me. And when you give it him, you find the peace and the relief, the release that comes from it. It is fantastic. By the way, men, we were meant to be angry. Did you know that? Well, I think that's terrible that men are angry. Fucking wake up. Of course, how do you think we kill bears? You don't kill it by just saying, I know you're a bear, I know this is unfair, and perhaps really we shouldn't use the fur. You're trying to make us all a bunch of furry cakes. We're meant to be angry. That's why God is hard. Most men are generally angry, generally. Most women are generally kind, generally. Take my eyes off all the women. <laughs> He's looking at me as if to say he's not sure. I take offence at that. Anyway, already because we haven't got into Philippians yet, but I just wanted to give you that flavour. Because okay, two more scriptures. John chapter eight, verse twelve. Jesus speaking to the religious hierarchy of his day that intimidated everybody. They were the seventy-two most holy men, revered men, academic men, spiritual men. They would fast at least twice a week. They were they were serious about the religion. Jesus takes them on. Only in just, you see it most in John's gospel. It's my favorite gospel. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is inclusive of anybody who wants to believe, but he's exclusive in the content of belief. You can't say, well, I'm a Buddhist, and I'm, a, I'm an Hindu, and I'm this, and I'm a Christian. No, no, you've misunderstood Christianity. It's not the same. Jesus separates it. He says, I am. 
the light of the world. Look at me, I am. All other religions are like, follow this God and follow that God. Oh, Buddha's the way. Buddha, Buddhism isn't even a religion as such. It's a, it's a way of life. And so B- B- Buddha didn't even believe that there were a, were a God. And so, but when you, you've got to study these things. I'm not saying you have to, but people like me, geeky types, I like to study them kind of things because I wanted to make sure I was right. I was on the right track. Not that I was right. I was right. <laughs> anyway, Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Saved from what? Judgment. God's judgment on sin. Because there is a heaven, but there is a hell. Heaven's eternal, but so is hell. Do you know you get a new body for heaven when you go to heaven? An eternal body. It tells you in, in 2 Corinthians, but you also get an eternal body for hell. You will live forever in hell. And, and Jesus knew that. And if I had to take you to the last book of the Bible, it says those whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life were thrown into the fire, right? The fire of hell. And, and, and it, says, it says those who, who, and they experienced the second death, which is hellfire. So you can be born once and die twice, or you can be born twice and die once. I talk in riddles, but let me explain it. You can be born once, and then die physically, and then die again at judgment day when you're thrown into hell for your sins. Might only be a little sin. Nick something from corner shop. Thought or wrong thought. Tiny. But it's perfection in heaven, you see. And so, so you can be born once and then die twice. Die physically at your funeral uh, and then uh, die again at judgment after judgment day. Or you can be born twice and die once where you're born physically from your parents and then you're born again from the Holy Spirit, born from above, and you receive forgiveness and eternal life. So now your sin's been deleted. So on judgment day, your imperfect life is absolutely shrouded in Jesus' perfect life. And so God now can accept you without compromise because the price of your sin has been paid for. So now we get in free of charge and we only die once after physical death that we die here on earth. And then we get into heaven and we don't deserve it not one of us deserves it but we can all have it now can you see the gospel is more important than who you marry what kind of job you have whether you're successful in this life or not whether you've blown it in this life or not in one sense this life you can almost wipe your feet on it for eternity and unless we get that in our thinking we just think the gospel's something to tag on and maybe like enrich our lives and we we get you know some of the desires that we have in our lives to be this, that, or the other. And I want to say, oh, that can be true. But ultimately, the gospel is the foundation for your new life in Christ. And it's profound. It is the most profound. And I've spent nearly 40 years preaching this and understanding it from this angle, that angle. that, And I'm absolutely blown away by the gospel. I am sold out to the gospel. And you might look and just say, well, that's because you're a leader of a church. No, no, no. That's, that's, this is general Christianity. This is for us all. It's not just for me. So can we get into Philippians? Philippians chapter 1, verse 18. At least I'll get the reading out. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. A lot of rejoicing in the book of Philippians. Why? Because that's your key to overcome mental health issues. It's your key to overcome setbacks in life. Your key to overcome your past rejoicing you're focusing on good stuff for i know that through your prayers and god's provision of the spirit of jesus christ what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance paul because of the gospel had an optimistic lifestyle and, and, and mentality and you can with the gospel 
I started off life uh, not quite as early. Uh, you know, I'm not going back to my childhood or, or anything like that. But as a teenager, I was in factories. I was crushing plastic in a crushing plastic factory where there was no union and there's 15 men working together. So there were fights would break out. It was hilarious. One guy went to hit me and I just left home and I, I went to pick me shopping. I'd done me shopping at <laughs> Friday afternoon. I bent down to pick me shopping up and he come to take a swing at me. And I, I didn't even see him. He came from behind. And I just bent down. He missed me. <laughs> Fell on top of me. 56-year-old man trying to knock out a 19-year-old kid. Anyway, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have the sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. In other words, the title of my talk is, let's go all in. Let's go all in for the gospel. He was all in. For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ because he's forgiven. You should be frightened if you're not forgiven because you're not going. Which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. That's what the apostle does. He builds the churches so that they progress in life. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, this is his, his, his command to the church, his exhortation. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Think about this week, or last week, or the week before. How have you behaved? And you think, that was good, that wasn't so good. And what Paul's saying is, come on, lose some arguments. Stop being the one that's always right. Stop being the obnoxious one at work. Stop being Mr. Self-righteous or Miss Self-righteous or Mrs. Self-righteous, whatever. And, you know, we're, here's a simple one. People want to get onto the motorway and you're on the inside lane. And you, you don't want to let them on. And they're coming on, they're almost, you're almost, and, 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 and you know, you respond in a way. <laughs> or somebody cuts you up and you can't, mm, 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 mm. let that reflex go. I'm working on that reflex myself. Not so much in driving, because I, 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 to be honest with you, I've overcome a lot of that kind of stuff. But the other day, I caught myself going, Aah. and you're thinking, you're such a baby. Stop it. <laughs> Conduct yourself. Somebody comes at you, shouting and ranting and raving, and in the past, you'd knock their head off, but now because of Jesus, you stop, and you think, I represent him. I can't just do what I want. I represent him. Let's bring it right down. Marriage. Who has the last word in the marriage? If you ever want to sign your marriage off and see her or him swimming away with somebody else, have the last word. Have the last word. Because you won, but you will lose. Just a little wisdom, not to self. <laughs> whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. No fear. When you've got a full-blooded faith, when you go all in with the gospel, 
You don't give a rip what people think, honestly. There's a strength and a confidence that comes not from the flesh, but from the Holy Spirit, and it's powerful. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. That's that's fine. Just just a couple of scriptures that I want to pull out from Philippians to finish with. Are you you just coming into the land now? In Philippians chapter 3, For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. There is a pain in my heart that the Apostle Paul had, and that I know many of you have, and it's the pain of people not believing. And you just think, surely you can get it. Who's ever shared the faith with somebody, and it's so obvious to you, but they just don't get it? It's going like that. And the Bible says that people are spiritually blinded by Satan. By the, there is a devil. And they have been spiritually blinded by the devil. And it's only our prayers that can release them from that. And so God works with us. He doesn't work in spite of us. He works with us. Um, we need, as a church, we need to not just share the faith, but pray for the people. I'm an evangelist, so I talk to many people. I have to stop myself, especially on holiday. I have to stop talking. Unbelievable. Because I'm exhausted. I get exhausted. Because I know the need. I know I just need to start talking. And even people that come against me, by the end of it, go away like we've, we've had a good debate here. We've had a good, a good discussion. And I'm always trying to win. On, on Friday night, I'm just putting some finishing touches to one of my apartments in, in Selby. And Shelly's Shelley's cleaning and I'm just, you know, odd jobbing. And, uh, you know, just, just doing some stuff, finishing off. And, uh, and then I had another tenant that wanted to come and, and, and have a look around, potential tenant. So Shelly went next door. Uh, she went around and, and we're chatting to her two hours later because I was talking to this builder. And he went into all sorts of, of uh, Eastern stuff and not Eastern stuff and uh, scientific stuff. And we were just going backwards and forwards with all this kind of stuff. And it was gr- I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. And I said, we should have cooked for a coffee at some... He said, you know, I'd love to... He said, I have never had a conversation like this before. And you know the thing that touched his heart, apart from aliens and all this, we talked about everything. Do you believe in aliens? I said, I married one. <laughs> Just doesn't think like me. What, what is the matter? Anyway, so he said, I said, you know, God can deal with regrets. That was the thing. I didn't know. I don't know people. But God gives you a word of wisdom for a situation. And he does it so naturally. It's naturally supernatural. And so when I mentioned regrets, he went, oh. He said, that's the one thing that I desperately need. And I said, well, you can have it. And I didn't press that. In the past, I would have took him right through and said, we can pray here right here, right now. But I don't do that as often. And maybe I should, but I just held and I said, let's have a coffee or a beer somewhere. Uh, did I mention beer? <laughs> Perhaps we could have a beer or a coffee. Or two beers and a milky anyway so I'm just bringing her up so I left that conversation the point I'm getting to is Shelley sat there and it's great she's with so that's that's good but she's waiting to get on it's Friday night and she wants to go to bed and read <laughs> no she was working nights she was working nights sorry she was working nights <laughs> so she wants to get off she's waiting where's Dave she said he's got into the gospel I'll tell you now Two hours she waited. See, I can, I can tell you stories, but who's been waiting for me? 
She's got to have that same vision. This is more important than my comfort and my getting on. on the front. And she has to get to work. She said, and she had to go and have an hour's sleep before she goes because she's working nights. And I'm there eating up all that time. And she's trying to get on. She's amazing. But she understands about the, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of men and women. They matter more than a night shift. They matter more than anything else. And she's got that in her heart and I have it in my heart. And then I come away from that and I walk into the Biltmore. I just happened to be passing. I thought, I might as well. Shelley's at work, earning some money. I might as well spend it, um, you know, in a good way. I went in there and a firm got introduced to me. And I'm just sat there. And they think I'm on the pole, which is funny, really, because all bar staff know me as Pastor Dave. You know, I'll be the first pastor that pulled in front of everybody. So anyway, we're just chatting away. One woman comes up, she says, you two have been chatting for a two... Yeah, I was talking to a woman, or shall I say, she was talking to me. She said, it's getting a bit cosy over here. I said, don't worry. I said, I've been married for 34 years. And, uh, and I said, I've, I've just become a granddad. And I said, there's nothing, there's nothing, really, that will take me away from the respect of my three sons and the love of my wife. But probably the respect of my three... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, and I know that's what people think. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not daft. So we had a chat. They, they, they were telling me about accountants saying how I really need them. And I said, you don't really know what I'm about, do you? And they're going, no. And I said, I'm a church planter. Welcome to my church. And uh, so we start talking. Then it all kicks off and it's good. It's lively discussions. By the end of the night, I went across to the bosses and all that who kept coming past and looking at this, what's going on here. And I went back and I just said, just to let you know, I, I, I'm a church leader in the city. I plant new churches. And, uh, and I started chatting with them. So why church? This is midnight, well, half 12 at night, and they've been out celebrating. But you see, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. The Biltmore is my keep net. Anybody that comes in there, I will not mention God, but if they mention God, the Bible says, always be prepared to give an answer to them that ask. So I'm ready to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to answer, I should say. So I'm just telling you that this is, this is my life. I live for sharing the gospel. Wherever I go, that's, I can tell you a gazillion. I were in France with Shelley. You know, we're just knocking some walls down and stuff. I got a builder in. Within, within moments, he, he, he asked me what I did. I tried to fob him off and said it was properties because that's true, but it's only half the truth. And as we're going on, I just thought, I can't leave him. He's, there's, there's a need here. So I spoke into his need. He goes, how do you know these things? I said, because I'm a, a pastor of a church. And he's going, no way. Can I ask you some questions? And he's straight in. Wherever I go, wherever I go. Just, and I have to switch it off. I don't have to switch it on. And I want to replicate me in you. Yeah. I want a church that's not ashamed of the gospel. And if people, I've had the most beautiful women laugh at me and reject me because I've tried, tried to share the faith. That's a good one for you fellas. Try, try and get rejected by the most beautiful woman in the room. That's, I've, I've been rejected for Jesus by the most beautiful women. And some of the most smartest men that I'd love to be in their world and have laughed at me and gone like that with her hand. And you feel bad. You feel horrible. You feel stupid. And the enemy's not slow to say, what an idiot. What an idiot. That's why you've got to come back to the Word and back to church. And we're saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because yeah. one day, someday, Jesus will look at me and you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, we're right. We are right. But we're not arrogantly right. We want to reach from the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 